Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, where we highlight and share the stories of African-American women who are 30 plus, child free, wonderfully made, and living their best life. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. This is Dr. Angela L. Harris, your host. Come join me as we get comfortable and cozy with no bibs, no burps, no bottles. Stay tuned. I am your host, Dr. Angela L. Harris, also known as Doc Sarah, and I'm bringing to you an episode of this awesome, awesome podcast highlighting women who are child-free. So today's guest is a 44-year-old African-American woman who was born and raised in Irmo, South Carolina. She was honorably discharged for 10 years of the United States Army Reserve, where she was a truck driver, an 18 dollar She also is a licensed cosmetologist and has been one since 1999. She was the only child for 26 years. However, she now has a 21-year-old brother that she started raising at the age of eight due to her deceased mother's illness, cancer. My guest is single and she is also child free. Welcome everyone, Miss Takora Green. Hey Takora. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much for being on no bibs, burps, and bottles. And then just thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So I want to ask you a little bit more. I know I read a little bit of your bio and I, I'm mm-hmm. just to know a little bit more about um, cosmetology. So you said that you've been licensed since 1999. And did you work in a shop? Do you, um, are you working in a shop now? Is this something that you do on the side now? So tell me a little bit about that, that career choice. Well, um, at the end of, well, I wouldn't say the end of my time in, as a reservist, I utilized my GI Bill to fund me to go through cosmetology school in 1998. And you have to complete at least 1,500 hours in order to get your license. But you also have to go before the board and do different types of tests, uh, like hands-on and also a theory test where it's written. So I got all that done. I was as nervous as I could be, but, you know, (laughs) I passed it and got my license. I have worked in several shops since I was licensed in 99. Currently, I'm not in the shop right now I'm inactive but I do keep my license current in the event something catastrophic happens and I lose my job or something and my nine to five regular job I should say and Mm -hmm. then I can always fall back on doing hair Um, I still I still do hair from time to time um on the side I would say like if I'm into doing natural hair now Mm -hmm. and I have been since I went natural in 2010 so if I have time on the weekends and somebody asks for something that I um offer a service in that's normally the time that I do hair good okay and you and I actually met for the first time at a natural hair event (laughs) that's right in South Carolina and that was an awesome awesome event is that something that you've been a part of before that natural hair um kind of conference or event workshop that summer um, yes, my classmate and I decided to have a natural hair group. I think we started like the first one in the Columbia area back, oh, it was early 2000, because there was really nothing going on in Columbia about natural hair. So she reached out through social media and we would pick a common place like a restaurant or somewhere and 
uh, other naturals would come and meet and we would sit down and talk hair. Mm-hmm. So she decided one year she wanted to do an expo and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> she was like, yeah, we're going to bring more awareness to Columbia, try to put Columbia on the map. And um, we just went from there. I mean, she, we've been doing it for the last, I want to say, hmm, five years. Mm-hmm. Took a hiatus and started back up, I want to say, the year before you came to the one that we met each other. Um, okay. We're supposed to still do one this year, but with this uh, mm. COVID-19, a.k.a. Rona Jenkins, about, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's definitely going to put a, a halt on the plans for you know, getting together an expo before the summer is out. So we just have to pretty much play it by ear and see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful event last year, and it was um, just with all the vendors, and I I enjoyed speaking at that event. Thank you. Awesome job. What's your specialty? I know I went natural myself in 2009. I think a lot of people were transitioning in 2010. Mm -hmm. What's your specialty with natural hair for yourself and then for your clients? Um, I would say, hmm. I really don't focus on just one thing. I mean, I'll do two strand twists. Um, I've done, I've actually started locks before when I was in a salon back in early 2000. Um, currently I'm trying to master my own washing go. So I think I pretty much got that down pat because a lot of people feel like if you're the type that likes to type hair, 4C hair just will not do wash and goes well. Mm-hmm. That theory has been defunct because my hair is pretty coarse and pretty dense and I think I've got it down to a T now so yeah you might you might have to do a YouTube video a little webinar for uh for people who got that type of uh hair core yeah times it's hard for us to, to get out there and <laughs> use all these kind of products and you're like my hair does not look like the model so right right you mastered your own hair I want to get into um this child-free life and so how would you describe your life at this point, being 44, single, child-free? Um, hmm. Some days I wish I had a child, and then other days, I guess, when certain things happen in life, I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have a kid right now. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, you know, I've always been on the fence about having a child, but growing up in a single-parent home, I knew that I didn't want to do what my mother had to do with me. And I mean, it, it was tough watching her, you know, go to work. She worked as a housekeeper my whole entire life mm-hmm. and taking care of me. Thank God she had a strong support system with her side of the family. So that helped. And I, I vowed to myself, you know, even if I don't get married first, I, I definitely don't want to be a single parent and doing it all by myself because that's a tough job and I Mm -hmm. actually had to experience that once she got sick back in 2008 and passed away so I had um I had a at the time an eight-year-old brother he was born in 98 and when that happened my whole world was turned upside down because I was like wait a minute I have to be it be with a kid every day all day Mm. like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. That's the mm. purpose of me not having any of my own. But I, I made a vow to her because she had asked one day, you know, she wasn't even sick at the time. She said, if anything ever happened to me, she wanted me to take care of my brother. And I was like, are you sure? Because he has a father that's in a different county, not too far away from here. She's like, <laughs> no, you heard me. I want you to take care of him. And I was like, okay, you know, saying, okay, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long time before that ever happens, not knowing. It was five years later. 
Mm. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a culture shock. I mean, my whole world, my whole life totally came to a standstill of what I knew it. You know, I was dating someone at the time that's very supportive. He's still a supportive person. And I was just like, oh my God, I could not have done it without his help and some other people. But it was tough. I mean, I, it's nothing to take lightly. I feel like, you know, children should be planned. I used to hear that a long time ago. And I was like, what do people mean by that? I totally get it now as an adult. Like, you really have to sit down and plan when you're going to have a child. Mm. Because if you're just doing it on a whim, you don't, I mean, it's totally different. And I hate to compare different ethnic backgrounds but a lot of Caucasian people they go to school they go to college they get married they plan to have the baby and everything else but a lot of us African-Americans don't do it that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I see the difference and I'm just like what if they would have planned it out would they be dealing with the stuff they deal with or would they I not see. or would it be worse or better so I mean it's just a lot of variables in there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it seems like, thank you for sharing that, because I would imagine at your age and, and you know, your mom is coming to you with such a, a request, which mm -hmm. maybe at the time was not part of your plan, but it's just like, how do you support your mom? And then how do you now bring it to full fruition of like, I'm actually doing this. So tell me a little bit more um, in regards to, are you, does your brother see you as mom figure or was it really I am the caretaker, big sister um, role. So can you say what role you were playing after your mom passed? Um, he doesn't look at me, well, he didn't look at me as his mother. He just looked at me as my big sister, the person who's going to take care of me from now on. So, I mean, it, it really wasn't a, a struggle with him in that area. Not until I would say maybe when they hit the teenage stage and... <laughs> as the elder would say, they're smelling themselves. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was, it was only one incident where he said, I don't, you need to stop trying to be my mama. And I was like, well, hold up. What I'm mm. not going to deal with or tolerate is that kind of talk because I've never tried to be your mother. I'm just trying to be your sister and guardian and take care of you and raise you the way I know she would have wanted you to be raised. So mm -hmm. it was difficult at that moment, but things smoothed out later on after that so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and at eight years old I mean you you were raising or helping raise a, a, a young person really. oh yeah you know so you've gone through a you know not necessarily having a, a, a snotty nose four-year-old but an eight-year-old and going into preteen and teenagers and mm, brother is 21 now yes he's 21 now yeah so they, I would imagine there were some rough patches here and there Ooh, girl yes there were days <laughs> where I wanted to just get in my truck and just drive and just keep going until the truck gave out of gas <laughs> but I knew I couldn't do that I knew I had a responsibility to myself and to my mother and I was like you know what I'm not gonna let her down because he didn't have anybody else for one thing and I wouldn't I thought of I put myself in his shoes like I don't have a mother my father is rarely around so he he would I'm sure he would was feeling like he didn't have anybody so mm -hmm. I was like I'm not gonna abandon him or turn my back on him I'm gonna do what I said I'm gonna do God had a bigger plan and your mom knew what what needed to be done with your your brother so kudos to you Takora because I I would, I would thank you a lot of people would do that um and I would imagine there are some people who would just say mama I can't right right you I've know? been told that since I've been taking care of him like 
I can't believe you did that. You know, that that's so big of you to put your life on hold and do this. And I just didn't look at it that way. I just looked at it as, you know what? I wouldn't want that to be me. And I would want somebody to want me mm -hmm. if, it, if I were the eight-year-old. Now, luckily, when she did pass, I was 33. So it wasn't as hard to deal with. I mean, it was hard. Don't get me wrong, because that's all I knew as a parent for 33 mm -hmm. years. But to have to deal with, I couldn't imagine having to deal with a parent's death at the age of eight mm, mm -hmm. like that mm -mm, is that I think that's a lot yeah yeah so this kind of leads me to my next question you talked about you really maybe never thought about having kids and then the circumstances changed you know with the dynamics of your your family passing of your mom so can you share maybe some of your earliest recollections of either wanting children or not wanting children like as a child growing up i i you know i played with little dolls of course like little girls do and i was like okay i'm gonna get married and i'm gonna have babies and <laughs> live in the big house with the white picket fence and all that you know but um things actually changed in my mind actually when she passed away Mm. because you know she used to joke with me a lot she would say are you going to give me any grandbabies before I leave this world and I'm just like you got plenty of time I got plenty of time before any of that happens and so when it did happen it was totally before I thought it would happen of mm -hmm. course nobody knows when death is going to hit but I just didn't think you know she would be gone in her 50s mm. so um it totally changed everything. Like I said, I was dating someone at the time. We had been dating for years and we had talked about getting married, having a child. But when she passed, my whole mindset changed, Angela. I was just like, I don't want to have any kids because my mother's not here. She mm. won't, first of all, she won't see me walk down the aisle. Second of all, mm. she won't be able to, she's not here to see a grandchild. So I'm like, what do I need to get married or have a baby for? So I just totally like, did a 360 and I'm almost shut down but I mean I didn't shut him out but I talked to him and explained to him why I changed my mind about marriage why I changed my mind about having children and he mm -hmm. respected it but he was like but would your mother want you to just put your life on hold like that just because she's not here to see that I said no but that's what I want to do now yeah and so he respected that and I mean I guess um I would say going on past 33 I want to say maybe around when I hit 40 okay. I started looking at life differently because in 40s, um, when I yeah, they'll do it yeah. oh yeah and at the time when I turned 40 I was single I wasn't in a relationship anymore and um I, I would just sit back and I looked and I'm like I'm not in a relationship I'm not married I don't have any kids I'm like I don't want to be alone until I pass away that's for sure but do I still want to bring a child into the equation as well mm -hmm. so you know with being over 40 there can be you know health risks with that you mm -hmm. know waiting so long to have a child there are health risks that come along with it and I was just like I don't know if I want to take that chance and sometimes I can be a very indecisive person mm -hmm. so having a child is not one of those things I need to be indecisive about oh. yeah <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I can't take this Barbie doll and put it on the shelf when I'm tired of playing with it because uh, you can't put a baby back when you don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You just, I hate for lack of better terms, you're stuck. That's just mm -hmm. what, you know, 
So it's a big, it's a big decision. And, you know, I still sit down to this day at 44 and weigh my pros and cons about a baby. And I'm just like, I just don't know if the pros are outweighing the cons. So I'm just going to stay where I am. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I have, mm, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I have older cousins that I get pressured from all the time because I'm pretty much the only person in my family on my father's side and my mother's side that doesn't have a child. Um, the, the group of friends that I have, I'm the only friend that doesn't have a child. So I get pressure about having a child all the time. And so I'm just like, everybody wants you to join the club they're in. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, you make such a great mother. I said, well, thank you. But that doesn't mean I want to be a mother just because you think I would be a great mother. It's mm-hmm. a different, you yes. know, I got to want it and I got to, you know, stand fast in it and not change my mind. Be like, okay, never mind. I don't want to do this. It'd be too late if there's a baby he already. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just, it's just one of those things. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to put my body through that either. I don't mean to sound selfish, but it is what it is. So it's, so, it's a it's, lot. Mm-hmm. You dropped so many nuggets um, in, in what you just shared in regards to just because you, people believe you are a good mother, you have to want it. That's one thing right. you say. And then really, you know, having a child changes the whole dynamics. Um, you know, oh, yeah. when you're dating, it can change everything. So right. you mentioned being pressured um, by everyone, friends and family, and you're the only one in your family. So how do you deal with that? What are your responses? Um, or how do you <laughs> reply when people say, Takora, when are you going to have a baby? Oh, boy, I've had a lot of different re- re- responses to that. Um, at the end of the day, I just stand firm. And what I tell them is like, look, I would rather have a husband first than have a baby. Now I'm not ruling it out, but my most, my most important goal would be getting the man first. Wouldn't you think? Like how you skip over that part? I'm going to need the man in order to make the baby. But if it doesn't come to a baby making situation, then I'm good with that because at the end of the day, what Takora wants is to be in a happy functioning relationship. And that very well may be without a child included because some people feel like if you don't have a child, they feel like that's the end all be all. And I'm like, it's not, it's really not. Mm -hmm. You can still have a a good life, a happy life, you know, without having a child because um, what if I get a job where I have to travel um, who's going to take care of the child? Because most of my mother's side of the family is deceased. It's pretty much just my brother and I and an aunt that's through marriage. So it's not a whole lot of like immediate family members left. It's just us. So okay. who would I get to watch the child? Daycare is, oh my gosh, daycare is expensive. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a lot of variables that go into having a child. It's not just, oh, it's so cute and this, this, and that. It's, by, it's the behind the scenes. It's the child getting sick, taking care of him. He has to take off work because if nobody's there at the house to take care of the child, you got to sacrifice work time. So it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you re- when you respond or reply, are people satisfied with that that answer? Do, you, do your family, your friends, do they leave it there, or do they they try to probe a little bit more on why? They'll leave it there for the time being, and then when another event comes up and the baby's around and I'm holding the baby, oh, see, look, you look perfect with a child. 
I said, didn't we just have this discussion? I already said times. what I said, okay? Mm -hmm. Period. So, just because you want to tell me that, that doesn't mean that's going to change my mind because you're not going to be the one rocking them at night and feeding them and all that other good stuff that comes with parenthood. So, yeah. yeah. And it's know. hard because a lot of times, you know, um, people, people just want you to be part of the club and mm -hmm. about, you don't necessarily have to have a child to relate to someone who is a mom or has a child. Right. Right. Sometimes you can have conversations where you can contribute and that doesn't mean that you need to have a child in order to do that. And so this is what this podcast and my message and what I try to promote is all about is that just the mutual respect of there are women who are still deciding, there are women who have decided, there are women who are still ambivalent, and there are women like us who support other women who want to be mothers. It's about mm -hmm. making sure we have a mutual respect of all. And sometimes right. it can be difficult when you have people in your family or people that you're dating um, they continue to, to pressure you. So this goes mm -hmm. to the dating. How has dating been like for you being child free? Oh, it's, it's no complaints in that area. Like I said, I'm single. So, I mean, it's not like the guy's like, when you gonna have a baby? Mm -mm, I have not run into that. And if I did, I would shut that down because it wouldn't be about you giving me a child. It would be about us building a relationship so I, I have to say I haven't had any issues in that area with who I'm dating and they would just ask me you know they'll say it's rare that you're the age you are and you don't have a child that's like you're in the one percentile and mm. I pretty much am yep. and you know I pride myself on that so it's, it's not an issue Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing you say no negative experiences. Like they, they might mention, you know, like your, your age and not having children, but it's not like something's wrong with you where you mm -mm. have kids. That's good because I, I know there's some women who I've talked to and even including myself who had to answer those questions of why and what's wrong. Oh, wow. Why don't you? Um, so it's good to always hear women who have had positive experiences or it's been maybe a non-factor altogether. Right, right. Okay. So tell me about um, just work experiences. So in times where you have worked in places, have you ever had any experiences where mothers and or child-free have worked for you or against you? Mm, nope, that's never been an issue. It's never come up. I mean, I, it, it's very rare. Like I'll talk to coworkers that have children and they're like, do you think you want to have one? I mean, it's always the question of, how come you don't have one? And then once I explain to them, they're like, well, you have to do what's best for you and the subject mm -hmm. is finished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know sometimes work, depending on the, the environment that you work in, um, you know, people can be tapped or assume, well, you don't have a husband, you don't have a partner, you don't have any kids. Um, we're going to pick you because you can work late, you know? And it's like, I might have, I might not have a partner, I might not have kids, but I have a life. And just right. because somebody else has a kid to run home to, that doesn't mean that I should be the one who maybe has to take up the, the slack for somebody else. Right, another right. Another area, another area where I'm, I'm glad to hear that you haven't had um, too many negative experiences. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned in or, when you thought about having a child, you saw it in the picture was dating, married, family. Right. If you're older... Has that shifted a little bit? Do you, does, does it still need to be dating, marriage, or have you explored, I think I can do this by myself? And you talked a little bit about the, the challenges of doing it by yourself, but have you considered it? 
I thought about it and I was like, no, I still don't want to be a single parent. <laughs> because for the simple fact, I had to do it with my brother. And I was just like, uh-uh, I don't want to do this. I, I really don't. I said, this has solidified my my uh, decision. And almost to the point solidifying me not wanting to have children. I mean, my brother was actually my birth control sometimes. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm just like, I tip my hat to any woman that's out there raising one plus kids on her own. I tip my mm-hmm. hat to her because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Your life is no longer your life when you have children. Like that's out the picture. Sleep is out the picture. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everything changes. Like you said, the dynamics of it is totally different. And so, like you said, your brother raising him gave you a new perspective, open your eyes, because when, for some people, I would say most people who have, uh, they're raising children by themselves, they do talk about how difficult it can be, and it takes, mm-hmm. right? So you're saying, mm-hmm. like, even with your brother, you needed support, and sometimes oh, yeah. everyone has that. So you're really being intentional, like, if I'm going to do this, these things have to be set up for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are there any emotions associated with it being so confirmed for you now? It is because I sometimes sit and think what it would be like to have a child that looks like me. You know, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. Like, it would be really nice to see a kid that looks like you. I think that would be so amazing. But mm-hmm. it's not just about a look. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. um yes. yeah mm-hmm. i mean everybody wants to you know they say when you have a child you have unconditional love for a child and that's something i probably won't experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's one of the 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 downers sides of it mm-hmm. not being able to say that but you know i think about it i sit in my feelings for a minute and i move on mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it seems like you and, and, and just talking to you you know and again your your um narrative is quite different than some of my other ga- guests where you're not a mother but you were put in that role to raise a child right mm-hmm. and so that gave you a different experience and it seems like from that experience it's just like i'm good i'm good I, I, <laughs> on this. and that's okay right and who's right you may not change your mind. It's again, it's about choices. And so right. right now that stands and you still, I would imagine, even though your brother's 21, he probably still comes to you because you've been his, his parent figure for mm-hmm. a time. So, and it's almost like you never are out of that role. Really. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because at 21, I, I'm still concerned about him because he doesn't per se live with me. I mean, sometimes he'll come and spend a couple of nights. Other than that, he'll, you know, he goes to a friend's house that's not even far from where I live. It's in the neighborhood uh, behind where we stay. So it's always, you know, I still feel like a parent, like, Lord, I hope he's okay out there. I mean, mm-hmm. I pray for covering over him every day. I will pray for him first in my prayers before I pray for myself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something a parent does. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. And that message is important, you know, that although we are child free, we're not childless, right? There are children that come in our lives, whether that's through siblings that we care for, whether that's godchildren or, you know, maybe you're a teacher and the the kids that you teach or the kids that you mentor. And so it's about, 
yes, maybe I've made the decision to not have children of my own, or maybe I can't for whatever medical reason I can't have children. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you are childless. So even with right. you saying, I'm good, um, whether that's my age or I want to be married, you still are a parent figure to someone who looks up to you, needs you at some point, and someone that you're still wanting to keep on the straight and narrow. So, okay. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm curious, Takora, to know about, you know, um, your thoughts um, or opinions um, or views about how child-free African-American women are portrayed in society or media or print. Like, what images come to you, come to mind when you think about child-free sisters? I definitely think that a lot of people frown upon it. And I mean, it's not, I mean, they sometimes feel like you're wearing a scarlet letter, if you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. that story and that book mm -hmm. sometimes people look at you that way and like you asked earlier with the dating and have I had you know obstacles with who I'm dating do they say what's wrong the society looks at you as like what's wrong why you can't have a baby or what is you can't get a man or what's the problem and mm -hmm. it's not even about that like if they would just sit down and take the time to learn what's going on with the person and why and not even that they shouldn't have to um give them a story behind their decision to do right? what they want to do. That's their life and it's their choice. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't have to explain why you're doing something, but as society is, you know, they want to know all the ins and out why, like you said, what's wrong. And it shouldn't be like that. But I think, you know, single women of African-American descent do get a bum deal because they don't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's almost like, like you said, that it's, it's the expectation and it comes from society. It comes from, mm -hmm. it maybe is again, comes from families, cult, it could be cultural in regards to like, this is what a woman does. And I always like right. that, you know, just because I have a uterus does not mean that it's, a, it's just there to produce. It. Now for some women, kudos. Yes. If that's what you want to do. Right. Again, like you said, it's about personal choice. Mm -hmm. You talk about, you know, um, you know, raising, raising your brother and honoring your, your mom's wishes. And I want to get into this thing um, about legacy. And so a lot of times, you know, people have a son or a child, they pass things on, the, the name carries on if you have a son or a generation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be different for child-free um, women. And it may even be different for you. So I'm curious to know, um, what leaving a legacy look like for Tukora? Wow, that's a, a good question. A question I haven't really been asked. And now that you say that, it, it puts the thought in my mind. And I'm just like, what do I have to leave behind for anybody? Like, even my brother, like, it's, it's not, mm, that, that's one I'm going to have to sit in and think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, it's something because sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, I have, I have a family and, you know, I have children and, you know, right. My legacy, well, you know, whether it's money, whether it's things, whether it's a house, or whether it's fill in the blank. And I like to think that child-free women, we have something to give. And it might just look a, a little different just because mm -hmm. we have children. And I'm not going to speak for you, but one could say, you know, you, you have given a lot to your brother. And I would imagine mm -hmm. continue to do that until you're no longer able to or no longer on this earth. And so one could say, you're, you pass on everything of you to him, you know, or other children or other people. So I, I, I always encourage people to really think about what that, that, what that will look like um, for free women. So I thought right. 
question to, to have you think about. So, so my other question for you is, what would be your message to a, to a young sister who no, already knows she wants to be child free? I would tell her that's a big step and a big decision that you're making. Just be ready for people to come at you with the questions and trying to pressure into changing your mind. Just be steadfast on what you want. And at the end of the day, it's your life. And, you know, you have to look at it into your future. Like a lot of people make decisions on the right now. I'm one of those people, I think ahead. What if this happens? What if that happens? And I think that has helped me to steer clear of a lot of trouble, you know, doing certain things. When I was a teenager, I stayed away from, I mean, for one, I was scared of my mama. <laughs> and so, two, I was always thinking ahead, like, okay, if I cut school, what if somebody sees me? And if they see me, they're going to call my mom. So I would always think ahead like that. So mm -hmm. I was like, mm -mm, I'm not going to do that. So my thing is just think forward. Think, you know, even if it's like they say, short-term goals, think ahead, maybe a year, two years. Do you want to have, you want to still be child-free or do you think you're going to change your mind? But if you are 100% sure you're not going to do it, then, then that's what it's going to be. They can mm -hmm. say what they want to you, but as long as you're, 100% confident in your decision, then you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. and, and I appreciate you saying, because even in that, it's, it gives people permission to shift and to change right. while also still being comfortable in their decision. And right, and like you said, who knows? Maybe I'll meet somebody in the next year or two that changes my mind about having a child. I'm not gonna just say, okay, that's it. But as of right now, no kids, but you never know. <laughs> well, you also think it's possible. <laughs> well, you also talked about not really wanting your body to shift. And again, these are things. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> as older women, we have to think about this. And not that younger women can't have complications, but we right. research talks about you know the older you get, you know uh, fertility issues and other. Mm -hmm. Although now, you know, you have Janet Jackson and other people who had babies at 48 and 50. Right. So it's possible. Girl, yeah, it is. You still got time. You're 44. Right. And, and But my thing, I, I think back to one of my favorite comedians, Bernie Mac, when his show was on TV. And one of the episodes was Wanda was trying to have a child. And he was like, we're too old for that. He's like, you're not going to have me on the playground pushing the swing. And I had to grab my chest with a heart attack. And I'm just like, you know what? That episode just sticks in my mind. <laughs> I'm just like, look, I may not have the energy like I have now. And sometimes it's questionable. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. like, I, they, trust me, you got to be full of energy and in good shape to have kids and run behind them at this age if you hadn't been, you know, physically fit and keeping yourself up is it's a lot that goes into that yeah and on top of that I mean you know I have um, friends and family members I mean their kids are they've graduated from college now you know wow a lot to think about when people are having their first child um beautiful thing for the a beautiful thing for those who have planned it and wanted it and that's their mm -hmm. but I would imagine at times when you're on the playground and you're the you know, 50 year old mom with the two year old, <laughs> everybody else, their kids are 23, 24, 25. Right. Sometimes there could be a disconnect. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, Are you the auntie? Like, no, I'm the. But you know what? The funny thing is, I'm glad you said that because when my mother had my brother, 
I was 26, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty much like my child then when he was born. So when I would, you know, I'm, I've always loved babies, but once they start walking and talking, I want to give them back. <laughs> so, so I would take him everywhere I went, Angela, everywhere I went. Everybody would say, oh, is that your baby? And I would look at them like, no. And they're like, well, how old are you? That's the next question. I'm 26. I said, this is my brother. Your brother? Well, how old is your mom? I started to say old enough to screw, but I wouldn't go there. (laughs) What kind of question is that? But everybody thought he was my baby. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no, he's not. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, sometimes when you are having a child older, you you get those questions on like, right. I would imagine it's like, why now? And why not before? And again, sometimes those questions can be um, too personal or too sensitive, you know, for Mm -hmm of all in your business. Um, but it, it, it's just interesting that there are a lot of women um, who are having ch- children, you know, later and mm-hmm. goes to them. I think a lot of times you, you just got to take in consideration um, the risk factors, the support that you'll have, all of that. Right. Right. Absolutely. So to Cora, as we come to our last question, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me. And with all of this being said today, any regrets, anything that you would do differently hmm, in regards regret. to being child-free today? Um, sometimes I think I maybe should have had one um, some time ago because at least they would have been able to grow up with my brother. So they probably would have mm-hmm. been around the same age, you know. So um, that's pretty much like the only regret. But, I mean, I've, been, I've had the only child syndrome. And I grew up around a lot of elders. So mm-hmm. that helped with making decisions as well. But not too many regrets. Like I said, I can be very indecisive. And um, having a child is one of those moments where I am. So that's why I feel like I probably shouldn't because I can't make up my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. want it to be a situation of, okay, the child gets here and postpartum kicks in. It's like, I don't want it. I don't want mm-hmm. it. Somebody take it. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No, it's yours now, sugar. You got to do yeah. it. So, yeah. And that's yeah. real. That's real. It is. It is. Well, thank you so much for being part of my podcast. I want to give you an opportunity, Cora, to share anything else, final words, anything interesting that, that you want to plug, um, just anything that you want the audience to be aware of before we close. Just know that if you decide you're not going to have children, just steadfast in your decision, you know, and don't let anybody make you feel like you're less than because you don't have a child because you're more than enough without the child. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More than enough, more than enough. And that's a great way to end today's podcast. So I want to thank everybody for listening to Takora and her narrative and her story. Thank you to Cora for joining me. I hope that if you are listening to this podcast, you come back to listen to the next episode. Until we meet again, remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. Take care, peace. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, a podcast dedicated to the stories of African-American women without children. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, keep living your best child-free life.